Here at Doxedo Bloom, we're excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning, Dr. Dio, and welcome to this special Good Friday service. It's so great to be together with you this morning. And as jy by jou huis miskien online na hierdie preek kyk, hoop jy geniet het, hoop hierdie dienst is rarig vir jou, baie speciaal. Paul writes in Ephesians 2 verse 10 that we have been created anew in Jesus Christ, that we are God's masterpiece. So on the one hand, God has done something in us, in our hearts. He's recreated us. He's given us new birth. He's given us joy and peace, a new identity in Jesus Christ. But then second, he says that God has created good works for us so that we might walk in them. And that means that this life that he has given us, we also share to the world. We share it with individuals and with a city and see how the gospel of Jesus transforms lives. Now, later in our time together, uh, we're going to have communion. So I want to invite you, uh, even if you maybe want to pause your television where you are right now, maybe go and grab some bread and juice, and we're going to celebrate around the Lord's table. I want to ask you uh, if you would stand with me right there where you are, and we are going to worship Jesus together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, this morning we are, we are so full of joy because of you, because you came to this world, Lord. You died for us. You paid the price for us. You are the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And this morning, Lord, we want to worship you in song. In Jesus' name, amen. It is good Friday. And what an amazing privilege being together. Today we're going to take a, a moment um, in three sections as we just spend time on the beautiful story of God's redemption, the love story between God and man. And as we just emphasize the beauty of the, the master artist creating this beautiful masterpiece that we call creation, the story of redemption is the most beautiful story in all of the world. You see, this story has this very special moment in creation when God, the master artist, starts literally splashing on, on a canvas the beauty of his glory and setting up creation, uh, putting planets in place, creating nature and all of its beauty. And every time the artist creates, he steps back and he looks at creation and he says, it is good. Because this is the truth, that everything that God does is good. That's why this is Good Friday. But then there's this moment that the artist is impressed more than ever before. It's the moment that God not creates, but forms man. Humanity is introduced into this beautiful canvas of the, of the master creator, building this beautiful picture, this masterpiece called creation. And we see the, the artist, God, looking at this edition, looking at mankind, looking at humanity, added to the picture of creation. And the Bible says in Genesis 1 verse 31 that God said, not it is good, but God said, it is very good. It's as if we see the picture that the addition of humanity to the canvas of creation 
suddenly became a picture that reflected the glory of the Creator. Suddenly this, this was alive. This was very good. God was glorified in what He made. Every person listened, listening to the story of creation in the, in the early days understood it much better than we do today. You see, they understood that for every temple that is built, there would be in the center of that temple an image placed to represent the God of that temple. And it's as if the book of Genesis draws the picture of God, the artist, creating this temple called creation. And if ever you wonder what, what the meaning of creation would be, why would God be so expansive in his, create, his creation, it would be because this is the temple that God made for himself. This is the temple that God made to reflect his glory. And the beauty of the story of Genesis is that in the middle of this temple, God placed humanity. He placed man to represent him, made in, him, in his image, carrying the same, the same demeanor as he has. And we see this picture being completed, this picture of, of a house for the glory of God, all of creation and mankind at the center of it all. Because man played such an important role in this temple, in this picture, in this masterpiece, it was important that man would stay close to God. Man was made to live in the presence of God. Man was made to live in relationship with God. Man would literally draw his breath from the presence of God. And then in this story, we know Genesis because the next moment sin happens. It's devastating. Not only man missing out his goal of representing God, ruling over all of this planet. But man torn from God in relationship through his rebellion and his disobedience to this amazing God. And this, this connection is severed. Distance is born. Distance between man and God. A wall of divide. Distance between man and man as blood flows and saturates the earth. Man is left dead with no capacity in himself to dress the situation. Never ever can we think that we can do anything that will be enough to change the consequence of sin. But the beauty of this love story, the beauty of this masterpiece of the story of God's redemption is that the artist steps in again. The moment that the shadow is drawn in the picture, the moment the black paint is used, it is God stepping in. And while we might, might ex expect a God full of anger, we see a God full of love. Though we might expect a God that, that's ready to wipe out everything, we see a God with a plan. Though we might expect a God that is ready to just give up, we see a God that makes a promise. 
And that's the, that's the goodness of this day. That is the goodness of this Friday because it is the Friday that says when God says something, it will happen. When the good God makes a good promise, it will bring good to mankind. And a Redeemer is promised. A second Adam. The failure, the loser, will be replaced by success and victory. He did it for us. He did it with us. And we will never be the same again. This is the story of a God who loved the world. This is the story of a God who gave his son. This is the story of a son who paid a price big enough to restore all of creation. Today we are celebrating Good Friday, which on the surface level would not look so good. In fact, we're celebrating the horrifying death of an innocent man. Why would this be called Good Friday? Well, Paul touches on the reality of why this is Good Friday when he writes in Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, the following. He says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. What does this mean? What is Paul speaking of? Well, first of all, he says, we all have fallen short of God's glory. We are not allowed to sit at the table of God and be in relationship with Him due to our rebellion and our sin against God. But then he goes on to explain that because of Jesus' sacrifice, we have now all been justified. And this is a gift. It's freely by the grace of God. Jesus touches on this when he speaks to Nicodemus about what it means to enter into God's kingdom. And he tells Nicodemus, in order to enter into the kingdom of God, the new creation, the new way of life, you have to be born again. This language of being born again is so profound. It's such a powerful metaphor. If you really think about being born, the first thing that you realize is that there is nothing you can do in this world to undo your birth. You are here. You cannot undo being the child of your parents. If you have been born, it's a reality that's written in your blood. You can go to Mars, you can get a facelift, but you cannot undo the fact that you're alive because you have been born from your two parents. And in the same way, Jesus says, when you're born from the Spirit, just like He was born from the Spirit and conceived in the womb and the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit Himself, so for us to be a part of this new creation, we have to be born of the Spirit as well. And it's something that we cannot undo. The second profound thing that this metaphor of being born explains is the fact that there is nothing that you and I did to be born. In fact, your parents did all the work, and you get to receive the good gift of this life. And you did absolutely nothing to get it. And Paul writes about this, and he says, the gift of God, this grace is a gift. You have been justified freely. And how did this happen? By the redemption of Jesus Christ. And the redemption is, is, a, is a term that talks about being paid for being paid on behalf, redeeming our guilt. And the picture of the cross, the picture that we're looking towards today, 
The man dying on that cross, the horrifying death of an innocent man, is the picture of the price of sin. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. And that the moment we brought sin into this world, the implication was death. In fact, the first moment we see God confronting Adam and Eve, and we all played a role in this, like Paul is mentioning in verse 23 in Romans, Jesus and God himself looks at them and he says, the ground will produce thorns and thistles. It's just this image of saying sin is not just affecting me or you, but it had an effect on all of God's creation. It's like the ultimate virus that moved into God's creation, polluting it and spreading death all around. That is the picture of sin. And Jesus says he is paying the price. And what's so profound, the one thing that we see on the cross that I think little people get to realize or actually see and discover is on that cross, it's not just Jesus hanging there, but there is a crown of thorns around his head. An image of God, his son redeeming, not just our wrong, but also redeeming his whole creation. As it's written in Revelations, behold, through him all things not just you and me, but all things, all of God's creation is made new. In every masterpiece, there is sacrifice. Every person that creates puts in hours and hours of time and effort. They're literally pouring out their lives into their creation. That's what would make it a masterpiece. And what we see on the cross is the master of the universe, the creator of all, pouring out his life for his creation. You see, it's only when you realize that the death Jesus died was the death you should have died, that a Friday like this becomes Good Friday. We're now going to have a moment of remembrance. It's communion. It's for those who have seen this reality and accepted Jesus' gift of grace as their only salvation, as their only hope, as the masterpiece that God is busy painting over your life. And communion is something Jesus asks us to do in remembrance of him and what he did. He looked at his disciples that night when he, when he instituted communion and he took the bread and he says, after breaking the bread, this is my body being broken for you. You are being healed by my wounds. Take it and eat from it. And then he moves on to take some wine. And he says, this is my blood. The thing that will unify everyone. This is, this is where you get your life from. Drink it in remembrance of the sacrifice I made to redeem all of my creation. And what Jesus is busy saying here, just like this piece of bread and little bit of wine will become a part of you right now as you're going to be taking and partaking in communion. You also need to see Jesus' death as your death. You need to identify with it in such an intimate way. So I want to pray for us as we're going to facilitate and have a moment with some music in the background playing for wherever you're sitting.
to share communion and remember the sacrifice of Jesus on this Good Friday. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege of your gift, of having your gift. And as we're going to partake in communion at this moment, as this bread and this wine becomes a part of us, Father, in Jesus' name, may we identify with your death, but not just with your death, also now with your new life and celebrate that you have made all things new. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed your time of communion together. And uh, if you had communion together as a family, I want to encourage you to do so even more often. We don't have to be in church to have communion together. It's something we want to do often in remembering this completed work of Jesus in the cross and in his resurrection. Now there's one more thing that we'd love to share with you from our scripture, Ephesians 2 verse 10. Um, and I'm going to read it again. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on. It says so or so that. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Another translation in the ESV uh, puts it in the following way. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We've been created, we've been put anew in Christ Jesus so that and for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Just two thoughts I want to quickly share with you uh, on that last piece uh, from Ephesians 2 verse, verse 10. And it's firstly this thing of good works. You see, the Bible teaches good works. I hear many Christians say, well, the gospel is not about good works. But that's actually not accurate. The gospel is not about getting saved through good works. But the gospel is most definitely about being saved into good works. The Bible is full of teaching about good works. We know that we are saved by grace alone and through faith alone, not by our good works. But we get saved into a new life, into a likeness of Christ so that we can do good works. And that's what Ephesians 2 verse 10 is actually teaching us. You see, the gospel is about so much more than just a ticket to heaven. It's not like we get saved and then we just wait for the day that we'll die and then we're going to go to heaven. And then just before then, we should just pray and make sure that we keep on uh, being saved. The gospel is about the life into which God has saved you right here on earth now. Otherwise, God would have just zapped you up into heaven already so that you can just be in heaven. No, he gave us a mission on planet earth. You see, Jesus in Matthew 6, he prays and he says, God, may, may, may your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So there's something about bringing this kingdom of God and the principles of heaven, bringing them down into the year and into the now in the life that God has called you into living now. You see, the Bible speaks so much about things like spiritual gifts. Have you ever asked yourself, why did we receive spiritual gifts? Is it that we just wait for the day that we're going to go to heaven? No. We received spiritual gifts so that we can serve others, so that we can walk into these good works that God has prepared for us in advance. The Bible speaks about something else, which is the armor of God. Now, the armor of God is not something where you just, you know, hide in the armor of God until one day that you get saved. Just, you know, make sure that you make it until the end. No, the armor of God is a call to action. 
putting on the armor of God, it means that you have been enlisted in the army of God. You have been called to take ground for the kingdom of God. And it's actually with this idea that we are not only a family, but we are a family on mission. God has called us to take ground uh, for the kingdom of God in our city. It's with that idea that we actually have uh, received our name many years ago. As a church, our name is Doxa Deo. Now, doxa means glory and deo means God. So it's the glory of God. It's the doxa of deo. And it comes from Habakkuk 2 verse 14, which reads as follows. It says, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, or the doxa of Deo, as the waters cover the sea. And so that's why our logo is a little wave, because we believe that God has called us to bring down His glory, and may the the knowledge of the glory of God be known in every area of our city. Not inside the church only, but especially outside of the church, where God has placed you in your place of work, In your family, your friendship circles, you are called to bring the knowledge of the glory of God into those conversations and into those places. God has called you to establish His reign in your area of influence. Then the second thing that I believe we can just take from the scripture in Ephesians 2 verse 10, or the last part of that scripture, is that now that we are a new in Christ Jesus, the old is gone, the new has come, and we are new creations in Christ Jesus, we get to walk into this new life that God has for us. You see, uh, Ephesians 2 verse 10 ends off by saying that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, good works. And so it's this picture of God putting this life ahead of us. He has planned this life. He's got a calling and a life that He has planned for you so that you can walk into those good works that He has prepared for you. Now, I believe this is actually optional. You get to decide whether you are going to step into this calling, whether you are going to walk into those good works that God has prepared for you in advance. It's actually about obedience, obedience to the Holy Spirit. You see, as the Holy Spirit prompts you, to do certain things and to bring to, to practice His kingdom principles in your area, you are walking into the good works that God has prepared for you in advance. You need to understand that God has got a purpose for you. He has got a calling for you. There is a life full of good works that He has prepared for you in advance. And now He is calling you and inviting you to step into that life. May you be encouraged right now to start walking into the good works that God has prepared for you in advance. Wherever you are, may you, can you maybe just quickly stand uh, with us as we go into a time of worship and just celebrate this wonderful Jesus and also celebrate this new life that he has given uh, to us. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you that we get to celebrate Um, your wonderful victory in the cross and on the resurrection, God. Thank you that you um, have saved us into a new life, God. And I just ask, God, that would you give us as a church new courage and new faith and new obedience to walk into the good things that you have prepared for us in advance. Amen. Lord Jesus, we worship you because you are the hero of heaven. Lord, you are the hero of our salvation. And we praise you. We love you, Jesus. Amen.
Well, it was great to spend some time with you during this online service. Uh, please remember, if you want to keep on giving during this time, you can check out our banking details on our website. And then, very, very important, this Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, uh, we are going to see each other again during our online service. Be blessed. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.